My guest today is someone who's making a difference in the Nigerian banking industry. Femi Akinfolari is the head corporate strategy and planning at Wema Bank in Lagos. He has close to a decade of continuous leadership experience, supporting executive management on banking strategy and with areas of expertise that includes, but not limited to, strategy development and execution, retail banking, bank and non-bank financial services and technology. Femi's professional experience encompasses stints in business analysis, project management, implementation and legal services. I am looking forward to learning more about Femi's journey in the banking industry and what we can all learn from him. I'm Bimbola, an energy analyst, sales manager, and recently qualified as a data scientist. And I love spending time with friends and family when I'm not podcasting. Before I continue, I'd like to acknowledge the support of Paysop Invest, a global financial advisory and wealth management firm based in Germany, France, and Nigeria. If you're looking to create generational wealth and understand how to manage your finances, do contact the PaySup Invest team on www.paysupinvest.com and their Instagram page, PaySup Invest. They offer services to individuals and corporate bodies alike. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome you listeners to the Blue Sea Trend podcast, where we discuss lifestyle, culture, and more. Hi, Femi. Good morning. Hi, Bimola. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you. So, welcome to Blue Citron. We're so excited to have you here. <laughs> I'm excited too, to be honest. Oh, great. So, Femi, tell us, how did you end up in the banking world? Was this something you had always wanted to do? Hmm. Interesting question. Uh, to be very honest, no. Uh, but you will remember that uh, back in the day, there were a number of professions that our parents forced us into. Uh, mm-hmm. So you had to either be an engineer, a lawyer, um, a doctor. Yes. So so there were some bang on um, areas that they wanted us to focus on. My dad was a lecturer of physics. He wanted me to study sciences. I rebelled and went in the opposite direction. So I studied law. And there was one final reason why I chose law. It was because I also felt at that age, I didn't know what I wanted to become. Mm-hmm. But from speaking to like a mentor, I had heard that as a lawyer, you could basically end up anywhere. You could be in business, you could be, you know, in the legal field, you could work with a tech company. Everybody needs a company secretary or a legal uh, person in their organization. So that's why I chose law. And ending up in banking was because I started working in consulting uh, right out of um, law school. And one of the companies we dealt with extensively was Guarantee Trust Bank, which which is one of the largest banks in Nigeria. And I just sort of got really interested in that space. So after I came back to Nigeria in 2009, I joined First Bank. And yeah, I've never looked back since. That's interesting. You are 1000% correct with, you know, our parents wanting us to do something. 
you know, they wanted us to either be doctors or something, you know. My yeah. dad yeah. wanted me to be a lawyer, actually. Uh, what he said to me, <laughs> I know. <laughs> what he said to me was, Bimbola, out of all my kids, you're the most outspoken one. I think you're going to do well in law. And I'm thinking, yeah. uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's how it happened. Exactly. I was like, no, no. You know, and my mom, uh, she's a clinical pharmacist and, you know, she's done all this. She's she's as good as a, a medical doctor because she, she, she does everything. Let's just put it that way. And very well known uh, within, you know, the pharmacy world. And uh, it, my, my dad was an agricultural researcher uh, with uh, the FAO, Food Agric Organization, back then. So for him, it was a case of, oh, my God, BIM, she's this, she's that, she's always doing this definitely law and he tried to make me like okay think about it you could be an entertainment lawyer you could be an environmental lawyer you could be this you don't have to go to court and you know i just thought no i'll study economics because i can also be anywhere in fact i wanted to go into banking at the time because i would go to the bank with my mom and i just loved how cool the banks were you know and i was like mm, i think i'll go into banking but i never even worked in a bank not for one day <laughs> not for one day interesting yeah so so speaking of banking for me Back in the day in Nigeria, to get into the banking industry, you needed to have some sort of connections. Yeah? But a lot has changed now, obviously, especially with the social media influence, right? I mean, it's not all about banks anymore. People could literally start their own businesses, you know, even on social media, right? And, you know, there was a telecommunication explosion in Nigeria, um, you know, financial services and so on and so forth. Do you see the social media influence, for example? Do do you see that as a positive measure, you know? Given that, to get into banking back then was a nightmare, literally. Um, (laughs) You're absolutely spot on with regards to um, how people got into the industry back in the day. I got into the industry myself. Uh, Mm -hmm. I got back into Nigeria, I made a call to a few friends and someone said, hey, come and interview with us. So it was pretty straightforward and really you had to know someone. But things have sort of changed now. So this new generation, it's a bit more, uh, the the approach to entering is a bit different. So for example, in my bank, we have something called the BIT um, platform whereby that's bankers in training. So basically, you would advertise on social media, you'd advertise anywhere and basically say, hey, there's space for 100 bankers to come into the bank. You guys have to go online, register um, and do a test, a personality test uh, and, and some other tests and then you'll be shortlisted and then interviewed and you can come into the bank. So every year you have that happening in every bank in Nigeria. So oh, there is the okay. ability to enter from the ground floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can come in as an intern. You can come in by doing this BIT thing. And yes, you can come in with the connection also. So that okay. still exists. Yes. I see. I see. I see. Interesting. But yeah, I, I, I like this BIT stuff because it obviously it gives opportunity to those that don't have connections, for example. Absolutely. You know, because Absolutely. Then it's a level playing 
uh, ground for everyone. You see. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And and it sort of evolved. So for example, this year we're having three different streams. So um, I mean, your reference to social media is one. Uh, mm-hmm. But in Nigeria, also, there's been an explosion of um, in the technology space, right? So people okay. building things, fintechs are taking over. Yeah. So we've got a stream that is focused just on technology people. So if you're a coder or anything, you can just come apply and join the bank. Uh, Interesting. So, yeah, data sciences and so on and so yes, forth. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I, I interviewed, um, like, uh, I think six data scientists last year. Uh, week for this okay. exact same thing oh, and nice. um, we chose five of them to come in so there's certain fields that are high in demand everybody wants them and mm-hmm. you know just mm-hmm. you can just come in easily through that route hey lucky me <laughs> as i as i say i qualified as a data scientist now so i better you know Please. start sharpening my skills you know <laughs> yes, so just come straight in. lucky lucky me so you know i mean business obviously we we all know what we've been through you know the past year and a half with um you know the pandemic hitting hitting the world but the world is gradually opening up again um i, I bet in most part of Africa, to be fair, Africa was not necessarily hit at the level at which the West and so many other places was hit, you know, by the pandemic. But that's not to say it wasn't, you know, a situation over there as well, because um, I have I've heard of two people. One of them I actually know uh, who passed away um, due to this, you know, uh, situation, this pandemic issue. So how has business been progressing from your end since the pandemic hit? You you know, suddenly the world had to readjust. Everyone had to start working from home. You know, uh, people are not necessarily, I don't think people are necessarily, the retail banking side of things, people are not necessarily coming into the bank. And again, you mentioned technology. So this is where technology comes in. You know, the ATMs are probably working overdrive, you know. So how, how, how was business progressing from your side during the pandemic? And now that the world is opening up again. Yeah, yeah. so um, let me put it this way. There's been two phases. Uh, There was a phase last year where everything shut down. Everybody panicked. We we sort of locked up um, shop. Uh, Mm -hmm. The banks, like you just said, ATMs were at an overdrive. For the Mm -hmm. first time in my life, I saw queues around the block at ATMs as people um, try to withdraw because you know there was a time from about um, maybe April May uh, the country was shut down so Mm -hmm. immediately the country opened back back up everybody just sort of tried to grab cash and have something but then Nigeria went into a recession last year and then we had the NSAS crisis and what the NSAS crisis actually did was just to point out to most of us that the average Nigerian is a is a person, a fellow who lives hand to mouth. So yeah. it's what he earns daily that he uses to sustain himself. So if you ask him to not open up or work, he's not going to be able to do that. Uh, so from what, what I would call phase two was from like October, December, January, where the country just basically said, hey, we're going to have to survive anyway. So we're going to live with um, the pandemic and everything opened back up. 
so you had issue you had areas like restaurants that didn't open fully or have or still have a capacity restriction but most trade commerce e-commerce platforms everybody opened up um, fully my office is on the marina uh, lagos island and that's like the business center of the, the, the major business district in Lagos and mm-hmm. there are four international markets behind me and believe me Bimbo they are full 24 7 you just oh, see wow. so many people coming in to trade buy goods move move um, into other states in Nigeria etc so yeah phase one we managed to survive using technology the bank worked remotely most people worked remotely but phase two everybody's starting to come back everybody. Mm-hmm. wow wow interesting huh it I, I, yeah it, it's that's what the state of the economy is in nigeria it's a case of you know our daily bread situation whereby you Absolutely. have to be out Absolutely. there getting things done to be able to feed you know yeah, the there, there's no the hustle, exactly the hustle is real there's no such thing as stimulus checks in in, in, in nigeria <laughs> there's no such no. thing and uh, let's not even get into the whole um palliative because that's another conversation because there was so much on social media about the whole palliative hoarding you know yeah. um yeah. it's that's a that, that, that's a little bit of a political chat so we'll talk yeah. about that at some other time no problem. <laughs> it was mind-blowing when i saw that on social media you know in every state because how can palliatives be you know be made to be available and then it's stored away for months but the people were yeah. going hungry uh, ah yeah. yeah we'll talk about that some other time no <laughs> so you know i mentioned social media earlier on right yes so in the world of you know, the TikToks, YouTubes, Instagrams, and so on and so forth. Yeah? Young people are coming out of high schools, colleges, universities. And the interest these days is not about going into banking, engineering, energy, law, and so on and so forth. They're just interested in going viral and becoming rich. It's a case of how many followers do they have? How many likes have they, you know, gathered and so on and so forth no one is looking to sweat you know stress themselves any longer no one is looking to build a a, a career path you know are recent graduates still joining the banking industry or maybe it's the ones that are the data scientists or the ones that have you know really spent long time i mean not long i shouldn't say long time but maybe they've studied some something and they and they are like okay i'm not a social media person i'm just gonna go into law i'm just gonna go into banking i'm just gonna go into medicine but the others probably could not really be bothered and they just want the the followers the one the uh the likes you know the ones to go viral and mm-hmm. things that doesn't uh, not doesn't the things things that don't make it any easier i mean with all due respect to big brother you know franchise is something like the big brother i i don't follow to be fair i don't really follow it but i hear about it because i see all these things on when i go on social media sometimes and it, it's mind-blowing how much of money you know people are spending on 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 voting for their favorites and things like that nothing wrong with that but that is all what the youth are talking about no one is talking about anything else so is there a a graduate still joining your industry banking industry is there hope even for for the graduates 
you know. I, I sort of approach it from a different perspective. So let me answer the first question, which is, are we still able to find professionals willing to join the organization and, you know, like build a career? Absolutely. Yeah. There's no problem with that. So what, what you find in Nigeria is uh, talents, uh, there, there are two ways for talents. So mm-hmm. talents are either leaving to find a better life abroad so Canada is a, a clear case in point uh, within the industry. So you have a lot of middle level fellows leaving to go um, find um, work abroad. But then that just opens up a hole and then all these young folks still come in. So they're people who uh, are still interested. But on the second side, on the other side, the way I look at it is this, the world changes. Yeah. things change morality changes culture changes and right now what we're experiencing is a cultural change right okay. it is either you find the good there and find a way to sustain yourself or you just ignore it let me give you an example so um the other day i have a colleague and i was talking to her and she was telling me about uh a new place where her friend had opened like a, a lounge where people could come and eat a drink mm-hmm. and she said one day one of the influencers came there um to eat she was invited as because she was a friend mm-hmm. and funny enough it was one of the influencers on big brother one of the past um, winners okay or one of the past participants and okay. she came and she said that what happened to the business after that was it was like their sales went up by a thousand percent and oh, for wow. like two three weeks people just kept coming so right. here's the reality nigeria has changed 60 percent right. of nigerians are under 24 and this is what they like this is right. what they enjoy they actually listen to these people so it is more a que- question of the culture and society is changing how do we make the best of what is happening Uh, we can't stop big brother because we think that is going to stop anything no they are just going to find some other things i mean if you think about the way nigerians move now so you go on social media last year nobody knew anything about cryptocurrencies and bitcoin this year we're talking about having done 2.4 billion dollars worth of trade in cryptocurrencies that is crazy so what we have now is that social media has become like the tip of despair it leads people down a a, a path and we just need to be able to either find a way to manage that path or use it to um to help our businesses or or you know things like that the youth they're not going to change they're not just going to all of a sudden start wearing suits no Mm -hmm. they're not going to do that they're going to continue to embrace social media and one final thing i would like to say about the social media thing is unemployment youth unemployment in nigeria is 33 percent so this 60 percent of nigerians under um 24 are having one out of every three not having a job social media that's a problem yes so social media offers a way for them to do things so you find that a lot of them with their phones they can create businesses they can buy things from china and sell online uh Mm -hmm. they sell beard oil they sell wigs they sell 
everything mm-hmm. imaginable and it yeah. allows them to reach an audience so it's it's a solution to that unemployment that we're experiencing that's the way i see it i would mm. much rather see them being youthful and um, being gainfully employed creating their own businesses than um yeah robbing people and all that yeah that is really uh, that that's really good thank you thanks for that um you are right you're right and this is the nigerian resilience right i don't know if obviously the nigerian resilience is a positive thing but do you do you even think if our government you know i'm looking for the right term to use without getting sued (laughs) do you think if our government even gave a damn about us you know would you think the youths would be as resilient as they are because obviously as you say 33 percent that's a huge chunk one in every three youths do not have a job right so this 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 people this uh uh, young people are creating something themselves by you know using utilizing the social media you know Mm -hmm. um buying things as you say and reselling or even creating you know comedy uh, comedy skits, skits as they call it yes. and yes. you know different yes. things and people yep. follow them people look at them and then brands see that they've got lots of following and then the brands want them to you know advertise for them you know so i, I don't i don't know it's a case of a chicken and egg situation but I, this I is something feel, we need to talk about yeah go ahead yeah i i feel that um so the government has focused on one or two areas and they've gotten some areas really wrong so i will explain so the government has focused on infrastructure they are building bridges they're building roads they're doing uh trains they're they're trying to fix some areas right but in trying to fix those areas they are not able to fix certain other areas that might be more critical so let me explain to you um youth and unemployment on, 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 on mm-hmm. is exacerbated by two things or by one thing okay 90% of Nigerian youths right mm-hmm. that go to high school when they finish want to go into a university yeah that's not normal in most countries what you find is there are technical universities where you can go learn trades yes. and there are tertiary universities where you go learn the academic stuff right yeah most people will so think about the the average household you need Mm -hmm. a mechanic you need a plumber you need a carpenter you need different things right and that's there's a lot of demand there but Nigerians tend to always want to do the the salaried employment the going into the office nine to five and that's a problem we need to open up that technical space and ensure that we are able to get quality um, capacity in there, right? So there's a standard, mechanics must go to school, well, attend school and pass an exam, for example, so you know that they're actually good. And then anyone can use them and you can just sort of build businesses out of that. Think about most countries in, in, um, for example, let's use Germany. Germany has one of the biggest economies because they produce things, they manufacture. And that most is of the things they manufacture is top-notch technical stuff. 
not academic stuff not learning to be this or that in in university but yeah you know creating skills in those other areas so i feel that the government let's not even talk about them they're not performing to capacity they're focusing on one area to the exception of the others but then there's a lot more that we need to do in making sure that our youths have the right skills so i mean if you think about it 80 percent of the lawyers who pass through the law school never actually practice uh wow there's so many kids on the road who if you just got them into a trade if you taught them how to do certain things they'd be amazing and then up north you have the whole almajiri situation whereby yeah kids are going to learn quranic education how's yeah. that going to prepare you for life yeah, it's, it's not it's, yeah it's not so you you, you can't do quranic <laughs> education as well as other things so tertiary mm. education yeah. teaching them how to do trades yeah. and it's funny enough funny enough uh my bank had an engagement with a federal government parastatal like two or three months ago uh out of um, the vice president's office and okay. basically what they're what they're trying to do is they're going to all the quranic schools up north and they're okay. saying hey quranic school teacher we will pay you right yeah. we will pay you to teach these guys for the normal hours you do but then for the rest we will bring in a trainer that will teach them how to do carpentry teach them how to do uh, mechanical stuff etc which is amazing because that way yeah. what you're doing is you're not you, you know that you can't just ban quranic teaching it's not this yeah never gonna it's, happen. it's not gonna happen exactly in the north it's not well, gonna you're, happen. you're sort of creating an ecosystem that allows you to work with them yeah. to teach these kids something else so they can then they won't have to come out onto the streets and be begging all the time so yeah it's it's a mix but we'll, we'll make do with what we have mm-hmm. Thank you for that, Femi. And well done, well done um, to your bank. This is probably, you know, one of the things that, you know, you're doing. Uh, I don't know if you're the one championing the course, but obviously, you know, it's what your bank is doing. And you, in this podcast, you are representing your bank. So a lot of uh, respect to you guys. Thank you for that. And I do hope they actually take that up. And it's not just in the North, it's everywhere, you know, even in the East. I'm not saying they're teaching Quranic education in the East, but, you know, they're teaching them normal stuff, but, you know, they can still learn trade. The same thing in the West, in the Southwest, South, South. It's a huge country. Um, Education is everything. And you made mention of, you know, Germany. Germany is, is, is the largest economy in Europe. And what you said is so so important the manufacturing the technical know-how and this is something that we really need to get into as a country in nigeria in the sense that it is not just about studying 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 the skills are important those vocational and technical skills very very important because you just never know what may actually you know work for each individual and that such person will contribute to the society not everyone is going to be a doctor not everyone is going to be you know an accountant for example and each each of these professions are important but guess what a plumber is super important a carpenter is super yeah. important listen Absolutely. in norway in norway people literally my my one of my uh, colleagues he paints in fact a lot of my colleagues they paint their apartments themselves because painters are expensive yeah they're expensive yeah. plumbers yeah. are expensive 
everything Absolutely. all these things are expensive things that we probably Absolutely. take for granted in nigeria you come to the west and you will see how expensive these people are because what Absolutely. it is their skill you know it is the skill Absolutely. i tell you one story quickly um my friends and i went to uh southern part i can't remember the name of the the town now or city because everywhere is a city in norway we went to a southern town in uh, uh uh of norway just about two hours outside of oslo just to go to the cabin she was working with statoil at the time uh, it's now called equino and um the staff they have the right to use the cabin so we went to spend the weekend at the cabin about four of us and all of that so we wanted to have like lunch you know during our hiking and uh, we stopped by this restaurant we had a nice lunch and all of that the lady that served us she's not the owner of the restaurant she was just working there the lady that served us you know did a good job served us and all of that and that was fine so by the time we were done resting and then we started to you know head on you know we, we were leaving the restaurants and we saw this lady literally jumping into her range rover yeah <laughs> yep that was the time i said to myself except if i see someone that has given me so much amazing service at a restaurant yeah maybe anywhere else i don't know I'm, i've never tried going to restaurants in the us but us is another story because it's part of the culture um i will not tip you know any service person because this person has a range rover and i don't <laughs> yeah. you know it, it is it's mind blowing why i say that is because it is a service it is a job everyone does their job and they get paid for it properly handsomely do you understand yeah. Yeah. there's no you know the, the the i'll say the gap between a ceo and maybe uh uh a barrister or um or i don't know a waitress or waiter is quite it's quite small in norway that is it's it's quite it's quite small the CEO of a company that is you know except of course if you own the company then that's a different story but if you are working as a CEO or even head of anything the gap is quite small they were very well paid over there very very well paid but anyway that's the story for another day um Femi how would you rate the state of the banking industry in Nigeria today hmm interesting question i would say that banking in nigeria is in really good health okay um, good so what what has happened with us over the last um 18 months to 2 years is we've started aggressive expansion in in two areas so pan african expansion if you look at access bank if you look at first bank gtb echo bank union bank everybody is just trying to move into as many countries as possible across africa right um if you look at and then the second part is fintech based expansion yeah, i mean everybody knows the fintech story so we've started yeah. to see unicorns um appear in nigeria we we have um, flutterway we have paystack uh andela became the latest um unicorn um a mm -hmm. few days ago and what you find is banks partner with these guys and then help them drive the expansion across africa so it's easier if you're working with uh, bank a in nigeria to just tell them hey i'm going to ghana uh, what do you see how can i open an account if you're there uh, and, and and other sort of um, advisory services so we, we've started to even help 
this expansion across Africa. And you will then, if you then turn that on, on its head, if you go and look at the balance sheet of most banks and, and our performance, you will see that we've sort of built uh, more wealth over the last few years. It's, right. We're growing, our balance sheets are growing, profits are improving, and we're moving into new markets. So it's a really good time to be in the banking sector. Oh, fantastic. Good stuff. It's, it's, it's good to hear this, these things. Um, that's, that's, uh, it's impressive. Thank you. So with the Nigerian economy, you know, you're saying all of these great things that these banks are doing, you know, expanding, you know, the Pan-African side of things, fintech and all of that. How is the Nigerian economy faring? especially with all the problems of the last few years. Earlier on, you mentioned, you know, the NSAS situation, yeah? Uh, election is coming up in 2023, even. How, how, is, how is the economy faring in general? Ah, so, <laughs> I, uh, I don't know, there's no way for you to put a, a good spin on the economy. In the last six, uh, I think six years, we've had two recessions right that's just not good news nigeria is an economy completely dependent on exporting crude oil so that we can get um fx to support um to support the government spend uh every part of the economy is under threat right now so for example um um exportation importation because the price of crude oil uh -hmm. dipped a while back I mean, yeah. now it's back up to $80 a barrel, but yeah. it's still nowhere near the $100 that we enjoyed maybe Oh, that, that's ago. that's going to so, take uh, some some miracle some to time. happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, there's the fact that unemployment is really high because jobs are under threat. Uh, there's the power sector where we're not seeing a lot of growth. There was a deal with Siemens that we thought uh, would change the trajectory of that sector. It's not been completed. Uh, so basically, the economy isn't doing that well. I mean, last year we were in a recession. Uh, Q1 we grew by 4.1 percent. That's the GDP. Uh, but that was because we were bouncing down back from the low base of last year. So for the rest of the year, we'll go around 2 percent. 2 percent is not enough. For Nigeria to change dramatically, our economy, our GDP needs to be growing at double figures. So that's 10%. That's what China did consistently over the last 30 years. And that's what we need to do. The way forward for the economy is liberalization. Let government just leave everything and just say, hey, capitalists just flood in and make things happen. Because there is no way where you have excessive government regulations and control that you're going to see the, the amount of growth we need to see. And a clear example uh, showing the, the, the way forward is the telecom sector. Yeah, uh, absolutely. When it was yeah. Time, yeah, when it was time to start telecoms, there were a lot of com, com, um, countries that said, sorry, companies that thought about coming in and said, no, Nigeria is too much of a risky environment. The two that came in then, MTN uh, and, and the current um, Airtel have seen such dramatic growth. In fact, Nigeria has been the lead for the growth for the company internationally. So yeah, the Nigerian market MTN. is huge. Yeah, for yeah. MTN, for example. Uh, and now, because of social media, most Nigerians are transiting to data usage. So yes. the growth will just continue. 
and 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 what i'm trying to say here is when government gets out of the way and allows the sector to operate openly and with aggressive competition you will see growth and that's what we need mm, interesting ah nigerian government are you sure they're ready to <laughs> to yeah, allow anything well, yeah we'll just wait till the next government <laughs> comes in this government they've already clearly shown us where they're looking so we're not going to expect anything dramatic exactly exactly Femi, i've enjoyed every moment of this conversation but i i i have to ask you something what has helped you most in your career the people ahead of me mm. uh mentorship is so important in my career and i'm going to say this without bias i have been lucky because i have worked with the best people you know when you have a man in front of you ahead of you who you admire and envy and you want to be like it drives you it, it does absolutely drives you i have worked with the the deputy managing director of the largest bank in nigeria i've worked with one of the foremost thought leaders in consulting i have worked with um, a chief financial officer who has led a pan-african expansion in all of them i just keep seeing that ruthless aggression that hey i want to be the best i can be i will not let my um environment dictates the kind of leader i will be and right. that, that has just helped me to you know sort of push myself to say i want to be like that guy i want to get here i want to be there right so that's that's, that's interesting important. the people around you this is so so key you know being it's not just enough to be in a fantastic company but to yeah. also have the right people you know yeah, um absolutely. around you surrounding you they say within five friends or five people you know how they how they are is how you will be essentially so this is um you you you're correct this is it's very impressive absolutely. the people that you've worked absolutely. with and you've looked up to them you've emulated you know their work yeah. ethics and, and, and obviously you've done more for yourself yeah you have to play that back because the same way they have shown me a path forward i have to show the guys behind me coming behind me so i mean totally. the other day a few weeks ago i was doing a praise all for some of my staff and yeah. i asked one of the guys i was like five years what's your plan what do you want to be where are you going where do you yeah. see yourself and the guy mm-hmm. said uh would you be weird if i said i want to be like you and that for me was the crowning moment because right. that meant he had seen good things and he yeah. wanted to you know sort structure his career along the same lines absolutely wow. that's impressive absolutely. that's, that's really part. good yeah really good to hear now you say that my last question for you is are you a mentor then as as any one of these people approached you to mentor them uh, absolutely um oh, so I, i i don't even wait to mentor people um mm. I will so it's it's not a question of you coming to me and saying hey how please I want to be no I look at everybody in my division I've got 75 people in my division and at some point I try to engage all of them and the question is so what are you doing who are you yeah. why what do you where do you see yourself going for example one of the things I quickly learned about the the young folks in my division was a lot of them had never been outside Nigeria Okay. I started trying to push them because when you see a different place, it expands yes. your horizon. It, it shows does. you that there can be more. 
it does in that i have pushed a lot of them to travel i've pushed a lot of them to come out of their um of of their comfort zone so there's a guy Mm -hmm. in my team who i have pushed to write more he writes he's really great at writing i've tried to get him to write in newspapers you know sort of expand his horizon he might at the end of the day leave my organization because he's found something else but he will be so good in that thing that he will make me proud and then he would always also look back yeah he would always look look back back and and remember other people yeah Yeah. exactly exactly wow wow i I am impressed and i'm flawed you know i shouldn't say i'm impressed i'm I'm just (laughs) it's this is amazing thank you thank you femi this is great i don't even know where to start you have done more than you know more than excellently well in your chosen path and um what i like i i like everything that you've mentioned but what's really you know stood out to me is you know you giving back as you have been given you know you you, you've learned from the best exactly you've learned from the best you emulated the, the the best and you're also pushing your own uh, team encouraging them and this is what young people need you know we don't want a situation whereby you know one is the best and you just want to be the only one without wanting to bring up people exactly. coming behind you exactly. and this is something that is rife within our society over there based on my my experience at least back in the day but hey i guess things are changing now so <laughs> so yeah um uh, so me being in the in the oil industry back in the day i would real i I quickly realized because uh i represent so in my company i'm in charge of the african space and i would go to really really important conferences and stay in probably even the nicest hotels i say this because i find more often than not when it comes to young people coming from I would say Nigeria, I don't want to say Africa because I've seen people from Namibia and they're mostly young as well. But when it comes to Nigeria, I only see the the people, the, 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 old the, the old folks, the senior people at the NNPC, <laughs> yep. the DPRs, you yep. know, the NAPIMs. And I'm thinking, um, I know people I went to school with could literally be representing DPR right yep. now or NAPIMs, yep. do you understand? Um, and, you know, because I'm young and I'm and I'm there, you know, talking to, um, you know, the ministers and, and the CEOs and so on and so forth, basically representing uh, a Norwegian company because that's I, I yeah. do work for a Norwegian, a Norwegian company. So it, it's it, for me, it was just mind blowing. And year after year, I keep seeing the same people representing Nigeria. And I'm thinking this can't be right. There's got to be young people. I know young people working in some of this, you know, um, governmental institutions, basically the, the the oil and gas space, you know, the, the national companies and so, and so on and so forth. I know young people that are working there. Why can't they be the ones to be sent? You know, yeah, um, and these people have experience, they have years of experience. They're not even recent graduates. Do you understand? But then I end up seeing people that have spent maybe 40 years, you know, 30 years in their position or something. So it's really really i'm really pleased with what you're doing you know bringing people behind you trying to help them trying to open up their eyes to the possibility and this there's there's an important thing that you mentioned travel oh there's nothing as good as traveling do whatever you can to travel because you see the world in a different you know in a different light and it's also 
it's it's a form of education and I, i i tell people i tell young people that i mentor as well back home and i tell them listen you don't you don't have to come to the uk <laughs> you don't have to come to the us you know the world doesn't start and end in these two countries you don't have to you know come to to germany to australia why don't you just start in rwanda it's just next to you i mean it's not obviously next but it's in the continent is what i mean yeah. you know yeah. why don't you go to it's ghana to go there Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, why don't you go to South Africa? Why don't you go to Mozambique? I went to Mozambique and I loved it. I actually went there for work. And I said to the people I met there, I said I'm coming back because I spent just 3 days and it wasn't enough. You know, Uganda, Tanzania, so many countries that you can go to. You see how things are there, you learn, and then of course you can go to the west. No one stops anyone. But what people seem to be more interested in is the UK, the US and Dubai. and what yeah. they also do is just shop, shop 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 and canada i just call canada nigeria 2.0 literally because of <laughs> i'm telling you it's nigeria 2.0 everyone is moving to canada and yeah. this is this is something we're going to talk about uh next time in the next next conversation we have on the podcast because i am very 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 intrigued about this all you know uh canada great migration essentially yep. Yep. you know um there's something that is not going right in the country in nigeria for everyone Absolutely. to be moving to canada or at least moving somewhere else there's nothing wrong with moving elsewhere and coming back to fix your country but when people move and they literally say i'm never going back then something needs to be done in the country Absolutely. i don't want it to get to a point whereby we become tenants in our own homes that is the scary part and that's yep. something that we need to do you know do something about but anyway as i said that's going to be uh, in another you know episode of blue citron well femi thank you so much for your time thank today you. i've thoroughly thank enjoyed you. our conversation thank you thank you thank Same you oh, i've loved every moment of it oh thank you well a big thanks to our listeners uh today Until next time it's been from Blue Citron do enjoy the rest of your day take care bye bye